What should a police officer be like? He encourages police officers to beat their chest and look over the city and let their kind of metaphorical superhero cape flutter in the wind. As Black Lives Matter protests continue and as many Americans call for a rethink of how policing should be done, we look at the philosophy of one of the US's most successful police trainers. He wants to teach people how to be emotionally and spiritually and psychologically prepared to kill on the job. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, Killology, an American way of policing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you resolved in your heart that you're fully prepared to snuff out a human life? I'm looking at a YouTube video of a rather vigorous man in his late 50s, in dark shirt and jeans, standing in an auditorium, addressing a seated crowd of mostly men, some in uniform, many with close-cropped hair. The sheep are wary of the sheepdog until when? He's quite animated, and he has a flip chart in front of him, on which he's writing in big blue letters, figures like 98%, 1%. One percent. And one percent. An old Vietnam vet, an old red retired colonel, told me one time, just one sentence, and we've run with it ever since. And it turns out the 98% refers to the number of people in society who he says, and he now writes this in red, a sheep. 98% of us are sheep. He said most people in our society are sheep. Decent, gentle creatures. Decent, gentle creatures who can only hurt you by action or extreme provocation. And then he writes against the other 1%, they're sheepdogs. And he says, sheepdog, I am a predator too. He said, I am a predator too. And now he comes down off the stage and walks down to the auditorium. Critical concept here, folks, critical concept. And now his eyes are really wide. Only a predator can hunt a predator. And then he says, you've got to ask yourself... Of our nation, you've got to ask yourself, are you spiritually, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, physically prepared to snuff out a human life? That's his question. If you can't make that decision, you're in the wrong job. It's really quite weird. It's like something out of Dirty Harry, except people who imagine that Dirty Harry is an instructional video. From what I can tell, he doesn't give many interviews. Laura Pullman is the New York correspondent for the Sunday Times. He sent me a very long reply to my interview request, setting out how unfairly he had been misrepresented, a massive character assassination. But then at the very end, he said, and I'd be honoured to speak with you. We begin tonight with one of the biggest nationwide days of protest since the killing of George Floyd in police custody. A 12th day of demonstrations in dozens of cities, demands for justice. You said George Floyd's death was a terrible thing. Terrible. 
Why are African Americans still dying at the hands of law enforcement in this country? And so are white people. So are white people. It's well known that since the killing of George Floyd, US policing has been subject to scrutiny like never before. Scrutiny and vigorous protest. But less is known about the ideas that guide the training that many police officers receive. So Laura reached out, as the Americans have it, to a man who is regarded as a guru of US police training. A controversial guru. I think a couple of things helped. One, perhaps, that I was a British journalist, not an American journalist. Also, my brother is in the LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department. Your brother's in the LAPD? <laughs> he is, yes. I'm afraid I, I did rather dangle my brother as a way to get an interview with David Grossman. So he's Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman. He's a former army ranger, and he's got the army haircut, the severe army haircut. He wears a branded polo shirt. And his typical outfit, he's got his kind of gun on one hip and a knife on the other. He spoke very fast and very passionately. And what was quite distracting in his Missouri home was the vast collection of weapons that he had on the wall. So there were some Roman pillums, there were lots of combat knives, kind of dozens of knives of varying scales on, on the wall, a battle axe, a nightstick. <laughs> and these were all given to him as presents from grateful students. So he's the kind of guy who, if you like what he does, you just give him a knife. It would seem so. Now, what does David Grossman do with his life? Well, <laughs> where to begin, David? Um, he is America's number one police trainer. So he has trained cops in every single state. He has trained every federal law enforcement agency. And he spends, he says, 300 days on the road, obviously pre-corona times. And he made a joke that he returns to his home and his wife once a week for clean underwear and conjugal visits. So... Ew. <laughs> Um, so when he's on the road, entire police departments might hire him or he'll pair with other organizations or police unions or whatever it may be. And individual police officers will decide to go on his course or just kind of gun toting American citizens. I think he's also taught highway patrol groups. So it's pretty varied. And then he will give a course which he calls the bulletproof course. And they vary, but it seems to me that they tend to go on for about six hours. And the police trainer seems a little bit confusing because I think it's more that he's this extraordinary motivational speaker with some pretty controversial views. It's a lot of chest pounding. There's a lot of quoting from the Bible. He's a religious man. It's very high energy. He's teaching police to take pride in their jobs. And he'll talk a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder and the challenges of the job. But of course, there are much more controversial bits as well, which were the bits I was interested in. American life is full of eccentrics and people who mm. do kind of odd bits of posturing. Now, I just want to check one thing with you, that this is not just a guy who goes around doing lectures that no one takes any notice of. Is it your impression that actually he has an influence on people who are important to American society? David, he is hugely influential. He claims that his books are required reading at the FBI Academy and various law enforcement academies. And police departments across America hire this man to teach their officers. He must have trained more cops in America than, than anyone else. And no doubt that his teaching has been hugely influential. And his myriad critics would say that it is 
largely thanks to this man that we are seeing the types of police brutality and protests and riots that we are seeing and that he has a huge amount of blood on his hands. And he's even given his philosophy a name, Killology. It is something that he has created. And in his words, it's a new field of scientific endeavour. And he also describes it as the scholarly study of the destructive act. But no one else is teaching killology, as far as I can tell. And it's about how to use violence and harness it and cope with using it. And it's about being hardwired to resist killing our own species. So he wants to teach people through killology how to be emotionally and spiritually and psychologically prepared to kill on the job. He's shying away from using any kind of military terminology and language because that is so scrutinised. But in the past, he's talked about officers being on the front line and how they need to be ready for battle. Can you just take us through what the audience would see and hear at one of his presentations? What he really wants to do is G up the police to be proud of who they are. He'll talk about murder statistics and incarceration statistics to show that they're doing a good job. And if it wasn't for them, that we would be in complete chaos. And then he will go into stories about how if you don't act, if you are not prepared to shoot your gun, and if you're not prepared to be a predator, that what can happen is that you will be sued for doing nothing. So if you stand back, you'll be sued for dereliction of duty. You'll be sued for negligence, for being an accessory to murder. Also, one of the most controversial bits in his lecture is he'll tell cops, and from the videos I've seen, you are seeing predominantly male police officers, that they'll have the best sex of their lives after killing someone. He says that the reason you'll have the best sex of your life after killing someone on the job is because you'll have this powerful need for an affirmation of life in the face of kind of death and danger. And it'll be also a hormonal surge. And he tells the officers, look, you don't have many perks in this job. This is one of them. So enjoy it. Unsurprisingly, when this clip of a lecture that he gave where he was talking about this came out, which was in a 2016 documentary called Do Not Resist, which is about the militarization of police in America, people were absolutely horrified and just bemused as to who on earth this man was. He claims that the documentary unfairly edited him. But when we spoke on the phone he doubled down and basically said exactly the same thing again. He says that you go from this intense fight or flight mode into a feed or breed mode. Why does he put such stress when he's talking to police officers about killing? I think the crucial thing to know about this man is just how extraordinarily depressing and apocalyptic his view of the world is. Cities are more violent than ever. Children are more violent than ever. They're all just mass murderers in waiting. And he blames that squarely with video games. Uh, He's written a book called Assassination Generation, which is all about how (laughs) how pernicious video games are. And he began our conversation by saying that every time that we talk about murder rates, we're lying if we don't allow for medical technology saving ever more lives. So 
he sees it as, you know, we're living in the most dangerous time in history. And he predicts that police are going to be beheaded on the streets in, in America, frequent terrorist attacks, that people are going to storm into daycare centers and slaughter kindergarten kids, not just with guns, but with axes and knives. And I think there's a really telling story that he didn't tell me, but he has told one of his courses. He was going on a walk with his then three-year-old granddaughter, and it was an evening walk, and it was getting dark, and she said, there are scary things in the dark. And he replied, yes, it's us. And I think that tells you, (laughs) I think that tells you quite a lot about the man. Thanks, Grandpa. (laughs) So his view is deeply pessimistic and quite apocalyptic. In that case, how does he see the the relationship between law enforcement and the ordinary American citizen? Well, he has now a pretty famous analogy, which is the sheepdog analogy. So in this, citizens, you and me, David, we're the sheep. Criminals are the big bad wolves, and it's the police who are the sheepdogs. So they are the predator under authority who are dedicated to protecting the flock. Um, And when the sheepdog sees the wolf, they're empowered rather than destroyed, is how he put it to me. So he's also said, you know, only a killer can hunt a killer. And it's become a very well-known analogy. There are three types of people in this world. Not least because it was shown in the film called American Sniper. Sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. And we're not raising any sheep in this family. I will whoop your ass if you turn into a wolf. Which was a Clint Eastwood directed movie. And uh, the film approached David Grossman and said, we want to use your sheepdog analogy. And so there was a whole scene at a dinner table which spoke about the sheepdog analogy. What I think is interesting about it, um, other than its kind of simplicity, uh, is he said, I teach the, the sheepdog method. I don't teach the warrior method because he's moved away from warrior because he knows it's liable to get him closed down. And obviously a, a sheepdog is a rather more appealing thing to think of that, than a, a kind of armed soldier, warrior type police officer. But here's the problem. What do you do when you can't very easily tell the wolf from the sheep? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it is too simplistic. It is just a us versus them. And also he casts police as absolute heroes in society. So there's a bit in his course where he encourages police officers as they're driving home from their shift to stop at a kind of vantage point where they can see the city that they're protecting and get out of their car and then beat their chest. And at this point, he'll beat his own chest and look over the city and let their metaphorical superhero cape flutter in the wind. So that's another uh, example of how he views police officers and encourages them to view themselves as well. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Why did he become this kind of motivational speaker and trainer? Well, he left the army. He was an army ranger and he taught at West Point. And then he's an author as well. And I should say he's a successful author. His two most famous books, one is called On Combat. um, And there's a lot about PTSD in that. And then the other one is called On Killing. And On Killing was kind of hugely praised by Brad Pitt at one point when Brad Pitt was promoting a war film called Fury. So he's a respected author. What I do know is that he hasn't seen any active combat. You know, his critics say, I've seen more combat than David Grossman has. (laughs) Sorry, let me get this absolutely clear. He lectures people about things which involve uh, armed combat and Mm. killing people, Mm. but he's never done that. No. I mean, he focuses on the kind of psychological side of things. We built him up to be this huge person, and that's how he is viewed. But it is chest-pounding, quoting from the Bible, Um, and anecdotes and slightly tenuous, questionable statistics that he'll rattle out um, to kind of serve a particular narrative. Um, But has he served tours of duty? Absolutely not. Has he ever been a police officer himself? Absolutely not. He is a kind of balance of thing, a motivational speaker, which led into training, which led into being an author. You know, it's all part of a, a, a big brand. Every bad thing that happens in this world should renew your faith that the world needs what you have to give, yes? The sheep are always trying to cut you down. Bah, bah, why are you doing this? You go, you know, bah, uh, the bad man's gone, leave us alone, bah. But you gotta believe in who you are. And what greater motivation can there be than our children? I'm really sorry, but this guy sounds as if he's actually nuts. He's also certainly kind of high energy. And if you treat yourself to any kind of YouTube clips of him, it is kind of unblinking eyes. And he's nothing if not passionate. There are people who hugely respect his book. And when he talks about things like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, then, you know, he is making sense. And there are bits of the conversation where you agree. For example, you know, his concern over how many police officers commit suicide every year. He talked again and again about how sleep deprivation is a huge problem in police forces. His view of the idea that law enforcement are a completely different breed of person to the ordinary citizen, it feels quite anti-democratic. I didn't see it as kind of inherently anti-democratic or anti-American. I think he was arguing that if you have that little bit inside you where you believe that you could be a sheepdog and you could be a prejudice, then you need to kind of train yourself for hours and hours to ensure that you do become that person. But the idea that, you know, what we're focusing on now elsewhere is kind of community policing and that we're all protecting one another and looking out for one another, you know, this is obviously worlds away from that. You could argue that his philosophy is actually more appropriate to a special forces assassination squad than to a local Bobby on the beat. 
And that is what his critics focus on, is that this man, he doesn't see any difference between Ferguson, Missouri and Fallujah. However much he tells me that he's not using the word warrior and militaristic language, there's no denying that his focus is on this militaristic, warmongering, fearmongering. That is his whole model. Do you think that his way of looking at things has been in the ascendant then, in the way in which police officers think about their jobs? And one of the reasons I'm asking is, I'm older than you, and I can remember mm. a series called Hill Street Blues, where they're all very mm. rather avuncular, and they're all rather friendly, and they say, be careful out there, and so on. And this just feels like a completely different culture. Well, it's funny you say be careful out there, because I know that one of the things that David Grossman says to his students, his cop students, is stay hard. <laughs> um, stay so hard. Stay hard. Um, so don't be careful out there, but stay hard. There has been a debate going on for years in America now about Guardian-style policing versus Warrior-style policing. And David Grossman is caught right in the middle of that. There is much more of a focus on community policing. And it seems that, you know, his mentality is looking more and more outdated. And police departments are turning away from him now. They've banned his teaching. But that's not going to be easy to get rid of David Grossman. And I can tell you about the situation in Minneapolis, which gives a good example of that. We begin tonight with that chilling piece of video live streamed on Facebook in the moments after a man is shot by police. His girlfriend in the car, pulling out her phone and then capturing the moments right after. So the police officer in Minneapolis who killed a black man called Philando Castile in 2016, it was during a traffic stop and it was caught on camera. It's an incredibly harrowing video. The policeman who killed Philando had taken Grossman's training years earlier. He wasn't taught by David Grossman, but it was his bulletproof course that the police officer took. Uh, that officer was, by the way, cleared a second degree murder. Minneapolis have had many cases of police killing black men and women. George Floyd's death broke the heart of residents there, but it did not shock them. So the Minneapolis mayor and police chief have banned Grossman's training for their officers, saying kind of, how can you build up meaningful relationships with people when you're conditioned to only see them as a threat? The problem was that officers can privately take David Grossman's courses. No one can stop them from taking them on their own free time. Also, police unions, who are incredibly powerful, then decided that they would finance the course for their members and encourage it just to kind of thumb their nose at the ban. And David Grossman said to me with kind of glee, for every police department that bans me, I've got another giving me a call and saying, we desperately need your teaching. The same police department that banned him mm. had a police union that actually paid for officers to go on his course. Yeah. Unbelievable. And no one stops it. And no one stops it. But, you know, fast forward to where we are today and the situation in Minneapolis is looking rather different. But I think that the idea that Grossman is going to disappear overnight, as some of his critics would love to see, is just not going to happen. And he delights in the fact that they've been unable to shut him down. He says the attacks against him fuel him. And he wrote in an email to me that fighting with an army ranger is like wrestling with a pig. Everyone gets dirty, but the pig likes it. You know, even if this man were to be shunned by official police departments, the idea that he's going to roll over and give up is very hard to imagine. 
Laura has been covering the process in America since George Floyd died in May. You may even have heard her dodging tear gas on this very podcast. She thinks she saw the influence of Dave Grossman in the policing she encountered. When I was in Minneapolis in the days after the killing of George Floyd, police departments were being burnt down and buildings were being burnt down. That felt like I was looking at frontline army officers rather than a police force. I then spoke to David Grossman later and it all seemed to be part of the same troubling puzzle. If you like to represent this as a battle between a desire for a new form of policing and this other form of policing that he represents, where do you think ordinary Americans sit in that debate? I think most ordinary Americans would be pretty horrified to sit through an entire David Grossman kind of six-hour seminar. People certainly coming round to the idea of community policing being the way forward. I would say for the vast majority of people, it's a, a shocking and outdated and extreme model of training. This is a vast country and there is a huge variety in police departments. Also, we are seeing public opinion shift. You know, most Americans, including Republicans, and Trump supporters want major police reform. And I think that David Grossman might have seen Ferguson riots and other uprisings in the in the past five years, but there seems to be nothing quite on the scale of the protests and the national conversation and reckoning that we have seen since the death of George Floyd. And what is different is he is scheduled to give a a training session in Spokane, Washington, which he invited me along to. You know, now there are petitions trying to stop that. So I think now people are wising up to the fact that he does give this training. And therefore, the more we know about it, the more people are going to quickly try and crush it. Or not quickly, because he's been doing it for 20 years. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, New York correspondent for the Sunday Times, Laura Pullman. You can read more of Laura's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer is Leona Hamid, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella, music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. Also in these uncertain times, you can keep up to date and well informed on the coronavirus and so much more every day with a digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe today to find out more. See you soon. <laughs>